Good evening. Thank you so much for joining us tonight for our time of ministry in the Word of God and our Bible study. I trust you are doing well. God is so good. He's so faithful. He's so kind. He's so merciful. Oh, what an awesome God we serve. What a faithful God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. I trust that you and your loved ones are enjoying the Lord and enjoying His blessings in this season. God is with you. I hope you are confident about that revelation. Glory be to God. I thank you whatever platform you are joining us through. Wherever you are joining us in the world, thank you. Thank you for being a part of this service tonight. Hallelujah. I'm excited to dive right back into the Word of God. I know the Lord will do you good. I know the Lord will do you good. So um, let's dive in together. First of all, let's share a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. What a mighty God we serve. We serve a God of miracles. We serve a God of miracles. You are awesome in wonder. Hallelujah. Amazing, faithful, terrible in righteousness. We give you praise tonight. You are our King, our Lord, our Master, our Savior. You are our everything. We give you praise tonight. Have your way in this service. Minister life to us. Oh, breathe on your word, precious Holy Spirit. Come, 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 come. Take the word of God and feed us. You are the great teacher. Feed us with it tonight. Nurture our souls, our spirits. Lift us up. Let there be an elevating. We know the Bible says, when we're commended to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to give us an inheritance amongst them that are sanctified. Deliver our inheritance to us tonight through your word. Enable us to walk in the fullness of your promises. I give you all the glory and I give you all the praise. I pray for all of my brothers and sisters and their loved ones. Bless them tonight. Everyone under the sound of my voice, bless them, bless them, bless them. Cause your word to erupt and to produce fruit in every life. I give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. <laughs> Ooh, glory to God. I feel the presence of the Lord already. Thank you so much again for joining us. I hope you have your Bibles or whatever devices you access um, the Word of God through. I hope you are excited to be here tonight. Someone didn't drag you to Bible study. <laughs> Someone didn't call you and say, Hey, you remember his Bible study? Why are you still sleeping? Right? No, 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 no. You were like David. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Right? <laughs> And even though this is probably your living room or your kitchen, your dining room, your bedroom, your, your, your car, maybe your office, wherever you are, uh, this, is, this is your sanctuary. This is God's sanctuary. This is where the Lord is going to meet you. The Lord is going to have an encounter with you. He's going to feed you uh, with great grace tonight so that you can, you can, you can obtain your inheritance Amongst those that are sanctified. Somebody say amen. We've been studying for several weeks. Um, guarantees for success. 
and divine guidance through the Holy Spirit. Um, Glory to God. Glory to God. What an amazing series of Bible studies and teachings. And um, in the last... um, in the last um, last few weeks, I would say, um, we have actually zeroed in a lot on on the concept of adversity, the 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 concept of adversity, and how God can help us use adversity as a launching pad for success. God can actually enable us through adversity, through having the right approach the right uh, perspective, the right attitude, the right knowledge and understanding where adversity is concerned, God can actually help us use adversity as a launching pad for success, the success that he has prepared for us. His word says in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, he says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, they are thoughts of good, not of evil. To bring you to an expected end. My friends, God has good plans for you. God has good thoughts for you. (laughs) It was David who said, if I I counted them, I mean, they're, they're numberless. God's thoughts towards us. God's good thoughts towards us. They're numberless. They're, they're, They're like sand on the seashore. How do you count that? How do you count that? That's how much God thinks about you. That's how good God's thoughts towards you are. Hallelujah. And um, as we all move forward in the pursuit of God's purpose, in the pursuit of destiny, it is extremely important that we have a revelation of this good plan that our Father has for us. To keep reminding ourselves, our lives are not a mistake. We're we're not living in in a world of coincidences. Right? Our lives are not, we, we don't have happenstance. Oh, it just happened. No, it didn't just happen. Everything about our lives, hallelujah, there is a supernatural divine plan. And as long as we are walking with God, and as long as we are following the leading of the Holy Spirit, He will help us arrive at our destination. He will help us get there. He will help us fulfill purpose. Somebody say, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our theme scriptures uh, for this series of studies from the very beginning, 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 5 in the New Living Translation, David said, Is it not my family that God has chosen? Yes, he has made an everlasting covenant with me. His agreements are arranged and guaranteed in every detail. He will ensure my safety and my success. In in, uh, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, the Bible says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you meditate on it day and night, day and night, day and night. And observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you would make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Hallelujah. Third John verse 2, he said in the Living Bible that I pray that all is well with you. I pray that you are doing well and that you are healthy, even as your soul is also doing well. It is God's will that you do well. To succeed in life means to do well, to turn out well. That the things you you endeavor to do, the things you initiate, they turn out well. If you are a student, that you turn out well. You graduate in, in flying colors, right? If you are a business 
business person that you make profit, you turn out well. Amen. If, if you're a professional, whatever you do in your career, that, that you, you, uh, you, you achieve your goals. You achieve your goals and your goals help you to become accomplished and to, to be promoted. It's to turn out well. In your life, in your physical body, that you, you are well. You're healthy. You're healthy. You are full of peace and joy. You're healthy physically. You're healthy emotionally. In your relationships, that you are blessed. There's joy. You're surrounded by good people that you love, who love you. As to turn out well. If, you, if in your ministry, in your aspirations to further the kingdom of God and to fulfill the dreams of God in your generation, that, that, that you are... Uh, you, you, you are moving forward. That God is enlarging your coast on every side. He's helping you advance the kingdom of God, the work of the kingdom. You're doing well. That's the will of God for you. Amen. Amen. But there's a place for adversity. <laughs> when things don't seem like they are going well. And there's so many things we've studied in this series. This has been going on for months. Now we are, we've been at a point of the last few weeks where we've really just been talking so much about the place of the ingredient of adversity in helping us achieve success. Hallelujah. There are times when things don't seem to be going well. They don't seem to be going well. In fact, we don't feel good. We, we, we are not happy. We are, we are, we are, we are, we, 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 we feel like our lives are being turned upside down. Things are not steady. They are not normal. They are not the way we want them to be. And we seem to be out of control. We, we seem to not be able to get things the way we want them. Sometimes benefits are taken away from us. Sometimes the things we desire the most seem to be moving farther away from us. The more we pursue them, the farther away they seem from us. Oh, there's so many ways in which adversity can present themselves. Goals that we set, sometimes we can't seem to hit those goals. Amen. People that we desire to, to, to uh, impress or to, to um, um, satisfy, just seem dissatisfied with us. And things don't seem to be going well. Adversity. Trouble. Like Paul says, trouble on every side. Sometimes to the point where we feel despair. Like, what's going on? You're trying so hard to wrap your arms around it. Remember a minister, a, a, a blessed minister, a, a, a spiritual son of mine who I haven't met too long ago. It hasn't been too long, but you know, there's a connection that the Lord gave us. And I'm very thankful for that connection. Um, a fully grown man with his own family and she's married with children was telling me just a couple of days or so ago how just everything in his world just seems to be under attack. And he started describing all these different situations and even I, (laughs) I said, wow, look, listen, it looks like truly there's something going on. I don't know what it is, but you are definitely going through something here. Because everything about his life just seemed to be under such attack. This is not going right. It's like Job. In the same period, in the same day, this bad news after bad news after bad news after bad news. 
your health is attacked. You, you know, some of your properties are taken away from you. And all of a sudden, you know, things are breaking down everywhere. You, and you just don't seem to have the answers. Adversity, times of adversity come to all of us. But if we have the right perspective, if we have the right approach, if we have the right understanding and we know the things that we ought to know, and we are working with the revelation of the word of God and we engage his grace, God can help us use adversity as a launching pad to prosperity. God can help us use Take advantage of that, those seasons of adversity. To, to take advantage of the opportunities that exist in those seasons. And use adversity as a launching pad to our next wealthy place. My prayer for you tonight is that the word of God will not be fruitless in your life. That the word of God will not be of no effect. But that the word of God will be powerful and produce for you. In Jesus' mighty name, can somebody say amen? Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9, Paul said, For a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. In the same place where there are opportunities, there are adversities. In the Amplified, it says, For a wide door of opportunity for effectual service has opened to me there, a great and promising one, and there are many adversaries. Notice he didn't say, but there are many. He says, and there are many. So it's like they, 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 are, they, are, they are sent together. Whenever opportunity is sent, adversity is also sent. Whenever adversity is sent, opportunity is also present. It takes having our eyes of faith open to be able to see the things that we ought to see in the situations of life. Glory be to God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, the Bible says there is no temptation or trouble or adversity, affliction or, or, or disappointment or whatever has taken you but such as is common to man. God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. We read this week, this, this particular scripture I read almost every week since I read it the first time from the Amplified. It's very long, long-winded, but I love reading it. I love reading it. It says, For no temptation, no trial regarded as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you that is not common to man. That is, no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance and that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience and such as man can be, but God is faithful. Oh, Jesus. God is faithful. Can you say this with me? God is faithful. Say, God is faithful. He's faithful to me. He's faithful to me. God is faithful to me. But God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature. And he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure. But with the temptation, he will always also provide the way out, the means of escape to a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. There's so much power 
in having the right knowledge, and the right approach and perspective and patience and endurance, the strength of endurance when we go through seasons of adversity. In Psalm 66, the 66th Psalm, the psalmist says, I'm going to read that right out of the message translation. I've been reading right out of the message translation for a couple of weeks now. In verse 12, Psalm 66, verse 12, he says, Rotet set us inside and out, took us to hell and back. Finally, he brought us to this well-watered place. The King James says, You caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out into a wealthy place. <laughs> I love that. You brought us out into a wealthy place. That is the will of God for you. What God is no respecter of persons. is not partial. Whatever God does for one, he'll do for the others. He brought us out to a wealthy place. He brought us out to a wealthy place. No matter what you've endured, no matter what, you know, God has a plan for you to prosper. Amen. We have said this. Your greatest strength in any season of adversity you encounter in your life is what the Word of God describes as your knowings. Knowings. And there are three knowings that are this important. Who you know in your situation. Who do you know in your situation? Number two, what you know about your situation. What do you know about this situation? And number three, what you know to do in real time. As you walk through the situation, that's described as wisdom. What you know to do in real time as you walk through the situation. Adversity isn't meant to last a long time, but we need to engage the wisdom of God so that his prosperity does not tarry after a season of adversity. I want us to spend the bulk of our time tonight in the New Testament, this New Testament scriptures that address these three things, who you know in your situation. These knowings, these three knowings, your greatest strength in any season of adversity you encounter in your life is what the Word of God describes as your knowings. I'm going to spend quite some time in the New Testament, at at the very least half of this service. (laughs) In the New Testament, I'm going to close on time. Um, in the New Testament, talking about these knowings, these three knowings, who you know in your situation, what you know about your situation, and what you do, what you know to do in real time as you walk through the situation. That's the, the wisdom of God. But on my way there, before I go there, let's read just uh, this couple of scriptures. I, I, I think a couple of weeks or so ago, I, I um, will pass through this, spoke on it a little bit about Joseph, but of course, it continues to ring in my spirit. I love it so much. It just, it stares within my heart. I'm so, I'm so excited about the word concerning this particular um, um, experience in the life of Joseph, Acts chapter 7 and verses 9 and 10. The Bible says, the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. <laughs> the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. He went through adversity, but God was with him. He went through difficulties, but God was with him. He lost his coat of many colors, but God was with him. They sold him as a slave, but God was with him. Hallelujah. He ended up in Potiphar's uh, wife's house, who, uh, who uh, almost destroyed him. They sent him to prison. Hallelujah. 
where he was totally forgotten by everybody that he had helped. But God was with him. This season of adversity did not last that long because God was with him, because he had the right perspective about his situation, and because he walked in the wisdom of God. Notice here, the Bible says, God was with him and delivered him out of all his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. You know, the Lord will fulfill your highest dreams. I'm speaking to you prophetically tonight. The Lord will fulfill your highest dreams. When Joseph had that dream as a 17-year-old boy, you know, it seemed like it would take for it, it may never it would never happen actually. That's the way it seemed. And at a point he probably thought maybe this will happen but maybe it will happen at the end of my life. No, actually. Everything Joseph encountered between his dream and, and when that dream was fulfilled was just a few years. God will fulfill your highest dreams. I'm declaring that to you. God will fulfill. Your highest dream is within your reach. Don't you stop dreaming now. Don't you stop dreaming. Don't you stop. If it ever passed through your heart, if it ever went through your heart and it was ever a point of expectation for you, don't you ever give it up now. Don't you ever lose it. Don't lose it as you walk through the traffic of life. Don't let Satan take it away from you. No matter where you go, no matter what seasons show up in your life, don't you ever let Satan take it away from you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I want to read a couple of other scriptures as the time is going here. About Joseph. Genesis chapter 45 verse 4 to 8. Genesis 45. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 45 verse 4 to 8. Now therefore, this is Joseph speaking to his brothers after after. They found out it was him. Right? Let's actually read it from verse 4. Yeah, from verse 4, 4 to 8. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come, come near to me, I pray you. And they came near and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, who you sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me here. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years have the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall be neither airing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. They didn't know that. When they sold him as a slave, they didn't know that. See, they were the ones who sold him as a slave, but actually God was walking through their evil to establish a plan that he had for them and their family. Glory be to God. He says, so now it was not you that sent me here but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. He said in verse 9, Haste you and go up to my father and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. Tarry not, I like that. Tarry not. 
and thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen. Thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, and thy children's children, and thy flocks, and thy herds, and all that thou hast. And, and there will I nourish you, for yet there are five years of famine, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Look at verse 13. He says, And you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and of all that you have seen, and you shall haste and bring down my father here. I love that. Tell him of all my glory in Egypt and everything that you have seen. Tell my father all that God has done in my life. Tell my father. Tell my father I'm still alive. I'm not dead after all. Tell my father God has been good to me. See, this was after seasons and years and years of adversity. But even in those years of adversity, he kept, he kept working with the Lord. The Lord kept translating him, kept promoting him, kept elevating him until he got to his next wealthy place. Go tell my father. God has such a good end, such a good future for you. Where you say to people, go tell everyone that has ever known me. God has been good to me. Go tell them. God has been good to me. God has fulfilled his word. Oh, what a good end that is. What a good life that is. For us to be able to call people that are dear to us. People that have known us and say to them, look, look, look. God has been good to me. God has been good to me. Whew, I love it. Look at Genesis chapter 50 and verse 15. He says, and when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they thought, well, he was good to them, he was kind to them only because their father was alive. Now their father is dead, he's probably going to, he's going to, now is his time to, he's going to punish us. This is when he's going to reward us for all the evil we did to him. So they were afraid and they sent him a message. When Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph saying, Your father did command before he died saying, Now they are invoking their father's name. So shall you say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray you now, the trespass of your brethren and their sin. For they did unto you evil. And now we pray you, Forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke that to him. He could tell they were scared. He could tell they didn't even really know him. They didn't know his character. They didn't really trust him. They had to invoke their father. To say, well, our father said we should tell you to please forgive. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't say, we, we ask you please forgive. And they said, our father, who your father. Notice there, they say, your father. That's what it, They didn't even say, our father. <laughs> right? They said, <laughs> they, said, they said in verse, verse, verse 16, they sent a messenger to Joseph saying, your father did command before he died. Saying, he did command. He even asked, he said he command, your father. This is our father, your father. <laughs> because they were so scared of the evil that they had done. And they thought this was their day of reckoning. But look at what Joseph, look at how he responded to them. He wept when this spoke that way unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. Verse 19. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. You meant evil. You meant evil, but God turned it around. 
for good. God will turn around every evil for your good. Amen. God will turn around every adversity to become prosperity for you. In the name of Jesus. Go with me real quick to James. What is that process? How does it happen? How God turns around evil and turns it to good. How God takes adversity and makes it prosperity in our lives. How does this happen? First, we have to have these knowings. You have to know who is with you in that situation. You have to know about that situation. And you have to know what to do. Even when you don't know in the natural what to do, you have to have the wisdom of God. Know what to do in real time in that situation. I want us to read a couple of scriptures here in the New Testament. We read in James chapter 1 as we closed out last week. Hallelujah. My brethren, James chapter 1 verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, knowing this, you need to know this. If you don't know this, adversity will not turn to prosperity. If you don't know this, good will not come out of evil. God will, God will be limited in what he can do for you. But if you know this, if you know this, your next wealthy place is just around the corner. You're about to bust out into glory. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, you need to have wisdom. You need to know wisdom. Let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let's read this from the Amplified. He says, consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations when you face adversity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, uh, be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding and it will be given him. Only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For he who wavers, hesitates doubt, is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown here and there and tossed by the wind. This, if you are doubting, if you are double-minded, adversity will take long, will take forever. It, it, would, it, would, it would take much longer than it was meant to take. But if, if you walk in faith and you receive wisdom, the wisdom of God, just like that, you walk through that valley of the shadow of death and you come out on the other side. And the fire will not have burnt you. And when you come out on the other side, you come into glory. Elevation, promotion, prosperity, blessing. Somebody say, Amen. <laughs> Woo! He says, uh, he says, you must not be double mindful. For truly, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks from the Lord. 
For being as he is, a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute, he is unstable and unreliable and certain and uncertain about everything he feels, he thinks, feels, and decides. When when you are double-minded, you will not receive anything from the Lord, including the success that he has planned for you, that he has prepared for you, including the wisdom that will help you get it, including the favor that will put you in position. You will not get it because you are double-minded, hesitating, doubting, fearful, trying to play both sides. It's one of the greatest reasons why people can't break out into the glory that God has for them. They want to play both sides. They want to play it safe. And they don't want to go all the way where people think they lost their mind. <laughs> and at the same time, they don't want to stay there where, you know, it's like, did you even ever get saved? So they want to stay in the middle and play both sides. You can't do it. You can't do it. You either, you, you either sell out for God completely and go all the way in faith and in, in the covenant, or you stay home. You can't play both sides. Have you seen people trying to play both sides in a relationship, right? They want to play it safe because they don't know which one may do well eventually. So they try to stay in, you know, I stay in this one's good books, I stay in that one's good books. If this one turns out well, fine, we're good. If that one too turns out well, fine, we're good. But actually, those two people are opposed to one another, right? Or at least one of them is opposed to the other. They don't see eye to eye. But here you are, you want to placate, you, you want to stay, you want to, you, want to, you want to play both sides. And the truth of the matter is, is, is this, like, in order for us to attain unto what God has for us, we have to sell out. You have to sell out in faith. You have to sell out to find who is on the side of faith and sell out with them. You can't play both sides because everybody is not on the side of God and everybody is not on the side of faith. And you keep making excuses. Well, yeah, who knows? You know, they just don't know. They are just unaware. They are ignorant. But yeah, these ones, they seem to know. But yeah, but you know, I mean, it's too dangerous to sell out too, too much like and become crazy like them. So who knows how we will ever know? You, you, will, ne- you will never bust out because the wisdom you need, the favor you need to, to be in position for prosperity, you won't get it. Look at it. The Bible says, the man who hesitates, who doubts, who is double-minded, who is like at like 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 the 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 billowing uh, uh, wind at sea, or how how did he describe it? He says he's dubious, hesitating. You you can't receive the best of God if you don't sell out. We've got to sell out. This knowing, you've got to know God is with you. You've got to know what His plan is for this situation you are going through. And you've got to know what to do in real time, in each situation, even when you don't know what to do. And you have to sell out. You have to sell out. Right? Remember one time when Moses said, who is on the Lord's side? Who is on the Lord's side? Everybody is not on the Lord's side. Everybody is not. So you are, who is on the Lord's side? Join me. And those who didn't join him because they weren't sure, they wanted to play both sides. They weren't sure. They didn't want to sell out you know, to Moses because, you know, Moses is a crazy man and, you know, he disappears from time to time. And what happens then? We lose our friends. We lose, you know, so they wanted to stay in the middle. But some moved over and said, yeah, we're on the Lord's side. And then the, the ground opened up and swallowed the other because they're just, just trying to play. 
in order for us to enter into the, the glorious future and destiny, we have to sell out. You have to sell out to something. And I pray that you sell out to God. I pray that you sell out to vision. You can't play, you can't play, you can't play both angles like a politician. It's politicians who do that. That's why you see politicians, they play games because they want to always placate. They always want to say the right thing for the right people because they want some from here, they want some from there. And then they end up with zero, zip. They end up with nothing. And somebody say, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. You have to sell out. As the Lord speaking to somebody here tonight. You have to sell out. Do you believe in that vision? Sell out to it. You know, stop playing, playing both sides. I'm trying to be this and at the same time trying to be that. You know, keep this happy, keep that happy. You can't do it. No human being can do it. Sell out. Hallelujah. Let's go. New Testament. Let's go to Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 to 5. Let's read real quickly. Our time is almost going here, but we're, the Lord is going to help us make it. Romans chapter 5 from verse 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says right here, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation. We glory in trouble. That is, we rejoice in adversity. We rejoice in adversity. Also, watch this, knowing, this is verse 3, Romans chapter 5 verse 3. Not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing. So you have to know some things. I want to read you that statement that I made earlier. Your greatest strength in any season of adversity you encounter in your life, is what the word of God describes as your knowings. Your knowings. Who you know in your situation. What you know about your situation. And what you know to do in real time as you walk through that situation. That's the wisdom of God. Hmm? We rejoice in trouble, in affliction. We rejoice in, in adversity. Why? Knowing that adversity will produce patience. That is, if we have the right perspective, if we have the right reaction, the right attitude in adversity, patience will be produced. He says, and patience will produce experience, and experience will produce hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Our dreams will come to pass. We will come out in our next wealthy place. Hallelujah. We will hit prosperity. We will hit prosperity. Glory be to God. <laughs> Adversity will be turned to prosperity for us. Amen. We will bust out in glory land. We will bust out in glory land. Whew. Shame will be withdrawn away from us. Shame will be rolled away like Gilgal. Like it was for the children of Israel at Gilgal. Shame will be rolled away. We will, we, will, we will come into our next wealthy place. The prosperity that the Lord has ordained for us. Glory be to God. Oh, Jesus, forgive me for being so excited. I'm just excited about the word. Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost who is given to us. The love of God is shed abroad in our heart. We are confident God loves us. 
He will never leave us or forsake us. The love of God is shed abroad in our heart. And because of our confidence in the love of God, in our acceptance of the love of God, we also demonstrate that love to the world around us. We demonstrate that love to the body of Christ. We demonstrate that love to other people. We are God's good Samaritans to the world. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We are confident in his love. You know when you are confident in love, you don't don't have suspicion. When you are confident in love, you don't have fear. You don't have panic. When you are confident in love, your heart is fixed. There is no storm. You can hear sound of storm, sound of siren, emergency. You are just, you are just, you know, where I come from, the uh, nat- native language, native uh, tongue. Is, they say you are just there, can't we? <laughs> That's what. Let me say, 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 say it, say it the way they say. You, 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 you just there, can't we? <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> you just there, can't we? That means your heart is fixed. <laughs> you are unset you are not unsettled you are not you are unruffled by anything why because the love of god is shed abroad in your heart you are confident in the the love of god fills you the height the depth the width the, the breadth of the love of god you are filled with the fullness of god hallelujah <laughs> you just decamp me your heart is fixed because the love of god Shed abroad in your heart. Hope will not make a shame. Your dreams will be fulfilled. They'll come to pass. Somebody say amen. But notice he said knowing. We, we rejoice in that tribulation, that adversity. We, have, we rejoice over it. We were excited to go through that corridor. Knowing. Because of what we know. We know. We know this. God is with us. This situation will turn out for our good. And we have the wisdom of God to take the right steps at the right time. In real time, we know what to do when we don't know what to do. Hallelujah. We know this. Let's go Romans 8. Oh, we know this scripture. This is such a good scripture. Every scripture is good, but this one is just mm, 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 good. <laughs> Romans chapter 8. Mm, mm, good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm, mm, good. Glory be to God. Romans chapter 8 from verse 28. And we know. Remember these three things? Remember, let me just go read this to you one more time. Your greatest strength in any season of adversity you encounter in your life is what the word of God describes as your knowings. What you know. Who you know in your situation. What you know about your situation. And what you know to do in real time as you walk through that situation. It's described as wisdom. Look at the Romans chapter 8 verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Know about this situation. It's working together for your good. It's working together for my good. I know that. I know that. Because we love God and we are called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate 
to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Hmm. You are headed to glory land. I say you are headed to glory land. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Verse, verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us. That's all we need. We need God and God is with us. God is for us. Hmm? That's one of the knowings. Who is with you? God is with us. God is for us. Who, if God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Oh, I love this. Look at verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? You know, there are so many condemners in the world, so many judges in the world. Sadly, to, sad to say, many of them in the body of Christ as well. They keep laying things to the charge of God's elect. Keep judging God's people. Judging God's servants. Judging motives. Judging actions. Judging, judging. They are like deputy, deputy Satan. Because Satan is really the one. He's the accuser of the brethren. And sad to say there's so many other people in the world and in the body of Christ that have camped out with Satan to accuse the brethren. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. God, God justifies, my friends. <laughs> Who is it that condemns? Who is it that condemns? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, and who also maketh intercession for us. Who is it that condemneth? Who these people? Who are these people who are always condemning believers? Who are always condemning God's servants? Condemning ministers of the gospel? Who are these people? He said it was Christ that died. These people didn't die for us. All these people who are always trying to throw stones, always trying to judge our every action, always working in suspicion. They didn't die for us. And then sometimes they even have the effrontery and the boldness to want to uh, accost us and want us to prove things. Like they have any authority over our lives. They didn't die for us. <laughs> right? Want to sing songs and write stories and tell things about our limitations and who we are and blah, blah, blah. They didn't die for us. It was Christ who died. And the Christ who died and paid the ultimate sacrifice, guess what? He's not even judging us. He's not condemning us. What is he doing for us? He's interceding for us. Oh, my time is gone. <laughs> Let us stop. I got one more scripture. I got to read tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. What you know, what you know in adversity is your greatest strength. Oh, my friends, my friends, I pray that this will become a revelation to you. What you know. What, if you know what you need to know, who you need to know, what you need to do in adversity, my friends, my brothers, my sisters, you will come out of anything. 
You will come out of anything. You will not just come out with your head bruised. You will not just come out with your, you know, like, you know, just, no. You will come out victorious. There will be no evidence on you. You ever went through that fire. If you know who you need to know, what you need to know, and what you need to do. Glory be to God. <laughs> who shall separate us from the verse 35? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sort? No, no. As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. That's adversity. But no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. He loves us. He loves us. For I am persuaded. I am persuaded. I know that I know that I know. <laughs> that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. I'm persuaded about it. I know that I know that I know. Let's read one last scripture about what we know, what we know, what we know. First Timothy, first Timothy chapter one and verse twelve. Greatest strength is what you know, who you know, what you know, what you know to do in real time, even when you don't know what to do. First Timothy chapter one and verse twelve. For the which cause I also suffer these things, affliction, adversity. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed. Why? For I know whom I have believed. I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that. I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he's able. He's able to bring you out. He's able to bring us out. I know whom I have believed. He's able to rescue us from the jaws of the lions. He's able to deliver us from the venom of the vipers. I know whom I have believed. He's able to deliver us and snatch us out of the flames of the fire. I know whom I have believed. He's able to give us the upper hand over that giant. I know whom I have believed. He's able by one breath, one breath out of him. He can move every mountain and surmount every problem. I know whom I have believed. I know him. Do you know him, saints? It's your greatest strength in adversity. Because if you know him, you will come out. If you know him, you will overcome anything. No matter how great, no matter how big, you will overcome anything. If you know him, if you are persuaded about it, if you know him, if you know his plans for you, if you receive his wisdom, you know what to do in real time in your situation of adversity. <laughs> Prosperity is just around the corner. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much tonight. We give you glory and praise. We give you glory and praise. We bless and magnify your holy name. We lift you up and adore you. Thank you for your mighty presence in this service. Thank you for speaking your word. Thank you for revelation knowledge. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your divine love that the Holy Spirit has shed abroad in our hearts. Oh, we give you the glory. We give you the praise. I thank you for my brothers and sisters. God, everyone under the sound of my voice, everyone that has been a part of this service tonight. Lord, I remember them. Remember them and bless them. Remember them and bless them out of out of their, whatever, wherever they are in life tonight, whatever they are grappling, whatever they are dealing with, oh, hallelujah. Let adversity be turned to prosperity. Let every evil be turned to good. Let all things work together for their good according to the promise of your word. Father, let patience have a perfect work so that they become entire, they become perfect and entire, complete, lacking nothing. Let hope be shed abroad in their heart. Oh, God, let hope make them release from every pang of shame. Let Gilgal happen again in their lives. Roll away shame and bring them into glory. Let the love of God and the assurance of that love elevate them, establish them, settle them. I thank you for it, Father. I give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, saints, for joining us tonight. Oh, our time is up. We're so way gone past that time. But glory to God. What a glorious service. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for joining us tonight and being a part of this service. Hallelujah. We've enjoyed every moment. No regrets. No apologies tonight. No apologies tonight. Glory be to God. What a mighty presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you again same time next week. God bless you. Good night.